Well, in our song that we were just singing about God being able and that he is a friend, what a friend we have in Jesus, the message that I have today is in 1 John chapter 3, and it's the, the, not the entire chapter. We'll see how far we get with it. But it's about how that we need to recognize basically who we are. And a couple of thoughts. One, one this week was don't pray, don't pray away the darkness. Pray to be the light. <laughs> don't focus on the darkness that's around us and the difficulties around us. Focus on being the light. Focus on being what is good and right and, and lovely and of a good report, the virtues of, of the Spirit, that we want to think on these things because this is what we want to bring from our life. This is what we want to find in our spirit. And it is the Spirit of God being alive in us that challenges us continually to, to grow on. You know, that the, the song we say, sang is about um, make me what you want me to be. What goals do you have in your life? What goals do you have set before you? And, you know, um, college and degrees and education and all the things that we, we have in our life, we have all these things that are before us. What do we want to become? You know, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up, you know? <laughs> so we have these things in front of us and we're, we're constantly becoming something. We're constantly becoming someone. And so God is in front of us. He's, he's not preoccupied God does not hold our past against us. He holds our future in front of us. God does not hold our past against us. He holds our future in front of us. And, and we find that with the, the, the whole concept of forgiveness, only God could do this, the whole concept of forgiveness is that we dispose of our past failures our past mistakes, that we not allow the past failures of our life to interfere with our present decisions and our future life. And so with that um, perspective of how God wants to take us, make us, bring us somewhere in our life, he wants us to change. <laughs> we have to change the nature. We have to change things in our life that we're kind of used to. We have to change things that are, are ordinary, that are our peculiar ways of doing things, that God wants to continue to enhance those things, continue to challenge them. So that's why sometimes whenever darkness comes, I don't want to say darkness, when problems come, it challenges us either to, to see that there, are, there is another perspective besides our own, and that God wants to change us in some way as we are learning to deal with different events in life. What we learned and how we learned to deal with things as a, as a six-year-old changes whenever we're a 12-year-old. And what we learned at 12 years old to handle things differs at 17. And what, what we learned at 17 doesn't work at 21. And, on, and so on. So when do we just kind of dig our heels in and say, I'm never changing again. This is the final me that I will ever be. <laughs> doesn't happen and the, the more we fight ourselves to stay this rigid person the less the less we allow ourselves to be taught the less we allow ourselves to be led and we find ourselves isolated 
God doesn't want us to be isolated. There are no Christian islands. <laughs> there are no islands that are solely relegated for a Christian. Jesus takes us into the darkness of the world to be the light. Jesus takes us into the darkness of life so that we can be the light to the world around us. And you see, as we, as we progress in our education, as we progress in our understanding of things, as we progress in how that we're going to develop and change and, inter, and, and relate to other people, God is in the relation business. God is in the relationship business, if we could call it a business. He's in this relationship where he wants to be in relationship with us so that in his relationship with us, we learn how to be in relationship with others. I think the destructive character of the church, and, and it's because the destructive characteristic of the church came when people thought they had it. You know, I am... I am religious, like the Pharisees and Sadducees. I've got my rules in place, and you have to measure up to my rules to be as good as I am. And nowhere did Jesus ever do that. Nowhere did he ever uh, say that. The only time that he ever went face-to-face, -face, as it were, and, and battled individuals, it was with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, challenging them to be that they were nothing but whited sepulchers. Well, if you were a whited sepulcher, you couldn't get any worse off than that. A whited sepulcher is, in the Jewish culture, Hebrew, that you painted tombs white because you didn't want to touch them. It was, it was considered unclean to touch uh, a tomb where someone was buried. And rightfully so, if they're decaying and their bacteria and all that stuff's going on on the inside, you don't want to be having your kids and people playing around the, the tomb. Well, here Jesus calls them whited sepulchers filled with dead men's bones. They were, the very thing that they were professing, they were living. The things that they were challenging and throwing everybody else down for, they were living. Jesus challenges them to change and to grow and to move. So in this, in this passage... What marvelous love the Father has extended to us. If you, if we just const, I can say this. If we could just for a moment pause, find that quiet place in our spirit and in our minds that's focused on God. And that in that quiet place, open our hearts to be receptive of God's divine love. Meaning that he loves you for who you are. Not what you've done. He doesn't hold anything back because of what you've done or did. He is, his love then just pours into our life because he, he loves us. The marvelous love the Father has extended to us the marvelous love that God has extended to us, we are pre he's preparing our hearts and our minds. He is preparing us for tomorrow. What God is at work with in our lives is preparation. Preparation for what? For the tomorrow. Rhonda teaches fourth grade. What's she preparing her kids for? 
<laughs> no. You prepare them for fifth grade. And you prepare them for life. She's preparing them to... Yeah, she was thinking of something else, but... I, yeah, no, no pre- prepare them for the test. Well, in our life with God, it's more than just ending up dead and standing before God in punishment. You know, good guys go to heaven, bad guys go to hell. You know, so that's all God's interested in, preparing you for eternal judgment. No. God's preparation for us is that he wants us to live in the fullness of our relationship with him. That life is about a relationship. If you don't have a relationship in life, you're pretty lonely. (laughs) And you have chosen to isolate yourself. You have chosen to allow life to separate you from other people. And God, that his choice is not that you be separated from other people, but it be in relationship with other people. Now, we separate ourselves from sin, and the reason God wants us to separate ourselves from sin, sin is destructive. Sin destroys the good that God, has, that God wants to bring out in our life. The things that are wrong with us and the failures of our life separate us from God and separate us from other people. When people find themselves in isolation, that's when they find no hope. And they find themselves sinking in a deep hole in which they don't feel there's any way out. God never created that hole. God doesn't want us to live in a vacuum. He doesn't want us to be separated somewhere, you know, that he is totally absent from the lives of other people. You look at the life of Jesus, he didn't go and hide in the synagogue. He went to the house of sinners. <laughs> he went to people who were considered outcasts of his society. He went where the religious people said he shouldn't go. And God is coming to the, those people. He's coming to us. He's coming to all of us. And what is he trying to do? The marvelous love that the Father has extended to us that he has allowed to, God wants to bestow this blessing upon our lives because we are his children. And in that blessing that he bestows upon our life, it's not only to challenge our hearts and melt our hearts and mold our spirits, but it's also to touch the, the, the life around us, the fruit of the life around us. In the Sunday school lesson, it spoke about how that when the children of Israel were to live their life before God, it would produce a fruitfulness in their land. That their land would be able to grow crops because of their relationship with God. And this was in direct contrast to the Canaanites who would offer their children as sacrifices to the God of the harvest so that they would have a good harvest. (laughs) And the, the, the commandments or we're stating, don't do that. Don't accept the false religions of the Canaanites and don't keep the culture of the Egyptians. Change it. The commandments of God were given to protect and to provide. And so God's laws come into our heart to protect us. 
that we, can be, we are protecting ourselves from evil and from destruction because there is, a, there is this peace of God and there's this love of God that is around my life. I don't need to fight for my life. I need to allow God to live my life. That allow God to live through my life. What marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Love covers a multitude of sins. Love, it's not placating sin. It is allowing us to look beyond the faults of people and look beyond our own faults and recognize the value that we have and the value that other people have. That there are, there are things of value all around us. There's things of value inside of us we haven't begun to tap. And it's that love of God that allows us to see those things of value. It's the love of God that allows us to value the little things that mean so much in our lives. God tells us who we are. We, we call, just look at it. We're called children of God. That's who we really are. We are called children of God. That's who we really are. Who are you? I am a child of God. What makes you a child of God? He does. See, I am a child of God. I am a, 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 his child. And as his child, I have entitlements. <laughs> entitlements? Yeah. I'm entitled to be loved. I'm entitled to be forgiven. I'm entitled to allow the blessing of God to flow into my life. I am a, you see, because I belong to God, he created this place and his avenue of blessing flows into, my li- into our life. Our self-worth is based on who he says we are. He says, I am his child. Therefore, as his child, I have, I'm joint heirs with Christ. That the, the inheritance of Jesus Christ becomes my inheritance. You see, so that's who we really are, but that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously. The, the world does not take seriously the church, does not take seriously the commandments. You know, they laugh at them as if they are make-believe war- rules. They, you, you believe in a make-believe God. <laughs> you believe in make-believe worlds. You believe in people who can raise the dead, who raise himself from the dead. You believe in his words, that he created the universe. You believe in all these things and they don't take us seriously. The challenge is for us to take ourselves seriously as God takes us. There's a story, illustration, about um, four monkeys. Okay, this is an illustration. Four monkeys were placed in a pen, large pen, pole in the middle and bananas at the top. So what did the monkeys do? They climb the pole. Well, what happens when they get up? You dump water on them. <laughs> you don't allow them to get to the bananas. As soon as they get part way up, you dump water on them. And all four of them learned that you don't go up the pole because you go up the pole, you get water dumped on you. You don't want to go up the pole, you get those bananas because they're, they're, they're off limits. You're not allowed to go there. So what do they do? They take one monkey out, bring in another monkey. What do the other three do? Wouldn't let, the fourth, wouldn't let that new one go up the pole. 
because the new one that was brought in never got wet going up the pole. The other three kept him from going up. Well, then what did they do? Took out one of the original. Now there were only two that had been doused with water, two that had never been doused with water, but they kept that one from going up the pole. And eventually they exchanged all the monkeys that had been doused with water, they exchanged them for other ones, and then they added new ones into the group, and no one in that group had ever been doused with water going up the pole, and no one in that group would go up the pole. They didn't know why, but you can't go up the pole. (laughs) You see, in our life, we look at sometimes our faith from a discrediting position, from a worldly position that almost like, mean, you mean God can help me? God can forgive me? In, in, a, in a society, our society ha- has made God out to be something that he is not, and we allow sometimes those thoughts to filter over into us. They have no basis in our experience and no basis in the scripture, but we still believe them we still act on them as if they were real. And God is telling us what the truth is and that he is allowing his love to come into our hearts and lives to take us, to lead us down this path. And the path that we are on, our life is falling together, not falling apart. Our life is coming together. Well, what about, no, it doesn't matter about what about that God is in charge and God will see me through and God will take these things that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called to his divine purpose. All things work together for a good so the puzzles of our life and the pieces of our life are fitting together. What do we do? My life is falling apart. The sky is falling, you know. Tell everybody the world is falling, you know? On the internet, there was somebody had this thing, the United States will be gone in another year. You know, how that it's all going to fail? Don't worry, the worst is yet to come. Well, you know what? Our society and our world are headed towards the end of time. That is going to come. But where does it say that God's people are to be in fear of life, of death, of events, of problems, nowhere. He gives us peace in the midst of the storm. When Jesus is asleep in the boat with the disciples crossing the sea, and they are afraid that the boat is going to sink, and Jesus is laying in the boat. This isn't a boat that has a cabin and, you know, you know, motor in the back and all that. This is an open boat, you know, a fishing boat, and Jesus is there sleeping in the back of the boat. He is at peace in the midst of the storm, and the disciples are afraid that the boat is going to sink, and so what do they do? They want to wake up Jesus and tell him, don't you care that we perish? And that's the same mentality that the world brings into this relationship or this non-relationship of existence And they are saying, don't you care that the world is falling apart? Don't you care about disasters? Don't you care about these things? Everything is an opportunity. Everything is an opportunity to see the hand of God at work in our lives. Because we don't hold to the sky is falling. 
we know that God is at work. God is helping us. God will give me strength. As my day is, so shall my strength be. And whatever difficulty I find myself in, the love of God, the relationship with God, is my anchor. An anchor will hold the ship in place. It doesn't mean the seas are going to be calm. (laughs) There are troubled seas, but that's not the problem. We're anchored, and the anchor of our life is eternal. The anchor of our life is based on God's love for us and God keeping his word that God will honor what he has said to us. And so as we enter into this relationship, as we enter into this place where we allow God to filter into our hearts and minds, it enables us to take our next step. When did God ever tell us (laughs) we have to blindly step? (laughs) He never did. The steps of the righteous man are ordered by the Lord that God will shine the light upon our path. He is a light to our path. Never does the, never in all of the scriptures does he tell us we have to walk in darkness. We, also, we always walk in hope. So we take our next step knowing that we are safe in the step because that's all I need to know is that I'm safe and I'm on the path. How about in a storm? Someone was, had on, the, um, on the, an email that They were so glad for the rumble strips along the side of the road in the concrete because the storm was so severe they couldn't see where they were going but they could tell when they were going off the edge of the road because they could feel the bumps on the rumble strips. And how that those rumble strips helped keep them on the road even when they couldn't see. And so we know in our spirit that God is keeping us on the road Even when we can't see all the things that are going around, we know that God is in charge and God is at work and he will see me through. God will take me to where he wants me to be because he has a purpose for my life and my life is not off course because God is with me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. He will not abandon me. So, what is God up to? This second part of the verse says, but that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously because it has no idea of who he is and what he's up to. So what is God up to? What is God up to? What impossibility does he want you to face? What impossibility? Did you know it's impossible for a bumblebee to fly? (laughs) Did you know that? How many knew that? Yeah, the rest of you aren't too smart, huh? (laughs) Just kidding. It's impossible for a bumblebee to fly. Why? Pardon? The body is too big. Its mass is too big for its wingspan. It's impossible for a bumblebee to fly. Nobody told the bumblebee. (laughs) Okay. No one explained that to the bumblebee. So when someone is explaining to you that you can't fly, 
that you can't achieve this and you can't do this because, and they will list the talents and the lack of the education or the lack of, and they will list all the things that could be presented to you that says you can't achieve this, but in your heart you know that this is where God wants me to go, so we start going in that direction knowing that God will see us through. So what is God up to? Well, but friends, that's exactly who we are, children of God. And that's only the beginning. Who knows how we'll end up? You see, we are in the process of becoming. We are in the process of becoming. And in this process of becoming, God is at work changing my darkness to light, giving me hope where I felt I was hopeless, that giving me direction when I thought there, were, there was no direction in the snowstorm and in a squall, that whenever I find myself walking through the valley of death, the shadow of death, the valley of transition from one place to another, when I fell, find myself walking through the valley of transition, God is with me to be my rod and staff, my protection and my guide. And you see, what is God up to? Well, we don't know where we're going to end up. We don't know where we're going to end up. But we know, I know this, we are safe as we take our next step. That I am exactly where I need to be because God is with me as I take my next step. Now, I don't know where I'm going to end up, but I know that I am going to get there by the grace of God and by the mercy of God. And that God is going to do a work in me that he wants to accomplish, and what he wants to accomplish in my life will have an effect on eternity. Who knows where we'll end up? What we know is this, that when Christ is openly revealed, we will see him. And in seeing him, we will become like him. When Christ is openly revealed, we will see him. And we will become like him. Christ is openly revealed. The revelation that comes to us in the scriptures is the revealing of Jesus. And as we hear his word, and as we open our hearts to his spirit, we, he is revealing himself to us. If we know the character of God, what is God like? Well, he loves. He forgives. He plans our future. He doesn't want to us to be separated from him. He wants to take us to places that he has put inside of our hearts to get there. He wants to do things in our life above more than we can ever ask or imagine. So let's think about his character. Let's think about what God is up to. He is up to this. He's up to loving us, caring for us, and taking us where who knows where that will be. He does, so let's take our next step and allow God to re openly reveal himself to us. Amen? 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 Amen. Let's stand. <laughs> so, don't pray away the darkness. 
pray to be the light. God does not hold our past against us. He holds our future in front of us. So let us allow God to stir our hearts and lead us into the future. Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the day that we have and the opportunity we have to hear your word and to be challenged by your spirit to continue to grow on from here. We ask your blessing, guidance upon each family, upon each one, and that, Lord, as in the Old Testament, when they lived a holy life, that, Lord, the, the land became fertile and produced a crop, a harvest. So, Lord, let our lives produce the crops, the harvest of your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Go home and be warm.